Hi and welcome to my podcast The Fertility Motherhood and Wellness Show True Stories with Dr Rajiv Through this podcast I will be dealing with issues related to fertility safe motherhood practices as well as women's health Reena always felt tired no matter how well she slept weight had started creeping up despite she practically starving herself cycles were getting delayed and her previously clear face had started breaking out into pimples there were days when she didn't know why but she just felt sad what was happening to her everybody wondered while the cysts in her ovaries had a wicked laugh in 1721 an italian scientist described a married infertile woman with shiny ovaries and a white surface and the size of pigeon eggs the man was never taken seriously until 1935 where two scientists stein and leventhal described the same findings as a disease named after themselves the diagnosis of the polycystic ovarian syndrome as we know of today has undergone a sea of change ever since then why am i giving you history it's just for you to understand that a very common problem with wide ranging medical implications and seemingly simple on the outside yet it has managed to baffle scientists for years and even today we know some but not all the answers polycystic ovarian syndrome is the name given to a cluster of symptoms which a woman might have due to a hormonal imbalance and what might these symptoms be that we are talking about irregular menstrual cycle too much hair on the face acne thinning of hair weight gain darkening of skin and skin tags let's look at them a little more deeply irregular menstrual periods women with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome may miss periods or, or have fewer than 8 periods in a year rarely their periods may come every 21 days or more often someone some women with polycystic ovarian syndrome stop having menstrual periods um, almost completely too much hair on the face chin or parts of the body where men usually have hair this is called hirsutism hirsutism affects up to 70% of women with polycystic ovarian syndrome or pcos acne or pimples on the face chest and upper back thinning of hair or hair loss on the scalp a very typical male pattern baldness weight gain or difficulty in losing weight darkening of skin particularly along neck creases in the groin and underneath breasts skin tags which are small excess flaps of skin in the armpits or neck area along with this there may or may not be difficulty in conceiving increased risk of miscarriages increased risk of gestational diabetes in pregnancy and some other long term complications which i will discuss later in this podcast so if what i have said is pcos then what is pcod pcod or polycystic ovarian disease is the name often used interchangeably with pcos and does not really mean anything different pcod is an old term 
that was used years ago and has now been given up because the term suggested that PCO is a disease, which it is not. The ovary gets enlarged in size, becomes pearly white, the outer layer becomes thicker and there are small fluid-filled sacs or cysts arranged underneath the thick outer surface and also throughout the substance of the ovary. This feature is seen when doing an ultrasound, especially a vaginal ultrasound, wherein these follicles or cysts are arranged in a ring just beneath the surface, almost like a necklace of pearls, and that's how it is described on ultrasound. How common is this problem and why does it happen? Around the world, about one in every 10 women are likely to suffer from this problem. But Asians seem to have a unique affinity towards the syndrome and almost 20% women will manifest one or the other symptoms of polycystic ovarian syndrome. There is probably a genetic link to the inheritance of PCOS and thus we see mothers with PCOS having daughters who also have similar problems when they grew up. There is another theory as well which talks about the environmental and other factors which might work upon the fetus while it is still inside the mother's womb and that causes certain changes which might lead to the girl developing PCOS later in life. Whatever be the theory, the start is always while the girl is in the womb. Even though the woman might have the PCOS gene, so to say, she may or may not manifest the symptoms of the disease till much later in life. Imagine a switch in the brain for each of the problems or symptoms related to PCOS. Depending on the lifestyle changes, weight gain, stress, pregnancy, etc., one or the other switch gets flicked on and off. Thus, someone say who was thin, had regular periods and had no other symptoms may start having delayed periods and acne after her child is born, probably owing to the weight gain in pregnancy. It is so common to see women with delayed periods starting to have regular cycles the moment they lose weight. When I tell patients that their PCOS might be inherited, they almost quip that their mothers never had the problem or that conception or irregular periods was never the issue with them. I have two ways to explain this. Firstly, our mothers and grandmothers had different lifestyle factors working for them and that could be the reason why they may not have manifested. Secondly, in the same family itself, if say a woman has three daughters, different switches may get flicked on for different women. The mother may not show any symptoms, while one daughter may have just delayed periods, another one is thin and has severe facial hair, and the last one has obesity and diabetes. The point I am trying to drive home is that just because you have the genetic predisposition of developing PCOS does not mean that you will have any problems with it. It will largely also depend on your lifestyle and the environment that decides which features cause you more trouble. I am not going to get into the details of the disease process inside the body but there is something called insulin resistance that you should know about. Insulin resistance is present in almost 70-80% to 80 of women with PCOS. The glucose in our body is driven into the cells by a hormone called insulin. 
If however, there is insulin resistance, the glucose can't be utilized and thus sugar levels might go up and to overcome this problem, the body will try and produce more insulin and thus its levels will also go up. This excess of insulin now acts on the ovary in women and produces excess of two hormones, LH or luteinizing hormone and testosterone or the male hormone. Almost all problems related to PCOS can be explained via the abnormal behavior of these hormones. The insulin resistance leads to women having a higher tendency towards diabetes, discoloration of skin and skin tags. The excess of the LH hormone prevents ovulation while the excess male hormone causes hair fall or excess facial hair, pimples and weight gain especially around the hips and belly. Obesity and vitamin D deficiency further increase insulin resistance thus making it a vicious cycle. There are some other short-term and long-term problems associated with PCOS that we need to be aware of. Number 1. Hypothyroidism or under-functioning of the thyroid gland is common with women with PCOS. 2. PCOS itself and the associated thyroid gland dysfunction lead to elevation of the prolactin hormone secretion. This in turn may lead to milky secretion from the breast as well as delayed periods and infertility. 3. Infertility Because of the abnormal LH hormone levels, insulin resistance, obesity, thick capsule over the ovarian surface, ovulation is sometimes premature, often delayed and in some instances does not happen altogether. Thus, the woman finds it difficult to conceive. 4. Miscarriage The abnormal glucose levels fluctuating hormones, obesity and something called luteal phase defect wherein the womb is unable to support the pregnancy all may lead to higher chances of miscarriage. 5. Gestational diabetes The chances increase because of the inability to utilize the glucose. To know more about this, please listen to the podcast on Battling Blood Sugars and Pregnancy. 6. Diabetes more than half of the women with PCOS will develop diabetes or pre-diabetes that is glucose intolerance before the age of 40. Learn more about this on our podcast on battling blood sugars in pregnancy again. 7. High blood pressure Women with PCOS are at a greater risk of developing blood pressure compared to women of the same age without PCOS. High blood pressure is a leading cause of heart disease and stroke. 8. Unhealthy cholesterol Women with PCOS often have high levels of LDL or bad cholesterol and low levels of HDL or good cholesterol. High cholesterol raises your risk of heart disease and stroke. 9. Sleep apnea This is when momentary and repeated stops happen in breathing, which interrupts sleep. Many women with PCOS have uh, are overweight or are obese, which can cause sleep apnea. Sleep apnea raises your risk of heart disease and diabetes. Point number 10. Depression and anxiety. Depression and anxiety are common among women with PCOS. And 11. 
endometrial cancer or cancer of the womb problems with ovulation obesity insulin resistance and diabetes increase the risk of developing cancer of the endometrium which is the lining of the uterus or the womb coming to how do we diagnose pcos a diagnosis of pcos can be made when at least two of the following three criteria are met one irregular periods or no periods two higher levels of androgens or male hormones are present in the blood shown either by a blood test or symptoms like excessive facial hair body growth scalp hair loss or pimples and three polycystic ovaries are visible on an ultrasound which mean that more than 20 follicles or partly developing eggs are visible on one or both ovaries or the size of one or both ovaries is increased more than say 10 ml or 10 cc you do not need to have an ultrasound if you have criteria 1 and 2 satisfied that means any two criteria being satisfied is good enough to label one as having polycystic ovarian syndrome the ultrasound should ideally be a vaginal ultrasound as that way the probe is closer to the ovary and can pick up all the features in case of an abdominally done ultrasound because of the less sensitivity and the abdominal obesity sometimes the findings in the ovary can be missed this is the reason why in an unmarried young girl who's probably obese and adolescent sometimes the diagnosis is missed on ultrasound before we move ahead with the treatment i would like to address some myths and questions that i frequently encounter in my practice myth number 1 I need to have a baby as soon as I get married because I have PCOS. But that's not true. Yes, PCOS may cause difficulty in conceiving, but that again is not true for every woman or even most of the women. As long as you maintain a healthy lifestyle and weight, there is no reason that you should have more problems. Myth number 2. I will need to have an IVF done to have a baby since I have PCOS. Similar answer as before. most women who look after their health well will have normal conceptions few will need higher treatment like intrauterine insemination of processed semen sample and still fewer will need an ivf myth number 3 i hardly eat anything thus my diet is not really the problem why should i need a nutritionist it is true that the weight gain in pcos is mostly genetic and aggravated by hormonal imbalance but to treat the problem a diet under the supervision of an expert is absolutely necessary diet may not be the problem but it's definitely the solution myth number 4 i took medicines for pcos and my doctor says my pcos is cured now pcos as i explained before is linked to the genetic makeup you can't change that the symptoms may change the problems may come and go but the background pcos status is there to stay myth number 5 i did an ultrasound last year and i was diagnosed with pcos and this year i repeated the scan to check the status and i was told it's gone this is simply a myth the reason it wasn't seen this year could be a different doctor who couldn't pick it up on scan or the scan machine itself being a different one and not being of a good quality it could happen if an abdominal scan is done or simply if one doesn't clear bowels 
or has too much of abdominal gas on the day of scan? Yes, there is one situation where the scan could earlier show the typical ovarian feature of polycystic ovarian syndrome and in subsequent years that is missing on scan. The cysts as I said before seen on scan are nothing but fluid filled cavities that are meant to contain eggs. Over the years as the number of eggs reduce or disappear this look on ultrasound will also disappear. But that again will not change the disease process inside the body or the probability of having symptoms or problems like diabetes, heart disease etc. Also from a fertility perspective this seemingly curing of polycystic ovarian syndrome may in fact be a scary sign that the number of eggs are dwindling fast. Myth number 6 I do not have the typical feature on a vaginal ultrasound. Thus, I've been told that I don't have PCOS. Wrong again. As I explained in the diagnosis, only two of the three features need to be present. Thus, even if the scan does not show the typical features, PCOS may still be present. Myth number 7. I am thin. Thus, I can't have PCOS. And even if I do, I guess I won't have the problems because I'm thin. Women with PCOS are commonly obese, yes, but they can be thin as well. And these women have their own set of problems. Yes, it's true that they are more blessed than those who are overweight. But since in the thin people, weight loss does not help, it sometimes actually is more difficult to treat these women. Myth number 8. I have regular periods. How can I have PCOS? The reason for me making this podcast is to make you aware of the basic nature of this disease and once you understand that, you will yourself be able to answer most of the questions yourself. Now, for this myth about periods, if you simply refer to the diagnostic criteria of two out of the three features, you will have the answer by yourself. I know this podcast is getting long, but this disease deserves every minute that we can devote to it. Despite it being common and there being zillions of doctors and blogs and nutritionists dealing with it, there are probably even more number of myths, confusions and wrong treatments associated with it. Before I even start talking of treatment, understand that 70% of this treatment is in your hands and only 30% is in mine. This 30% comprises of diagnosing associated problems like thyroid disorder, prolactin excess, etc. which could prevent you from losing weight, even if you try, and also helping you at difficult crossroads where you've given your 100% and tried everything honestly, yet are stuck either with weight or pimples or infertility. That is where my role in that 30% comes in. Let's start with the 70% first. It's been shown that even if a woman loses just 5% of her existing body weight, a lot of her problems of PCOS will start to get better. <laughs> Easier said than done. Women with PCOS find it extremely difficult to lose weight and if they are not consistent with it, then all of it bounces back. That is why she needs to maintain her lifestyle changes and use a gynecologist's help whenever her weight gets stuck. I am no nutritionist and the topic of diet in such women probably needs an entire podcast by itself. I will probably make one shortly uh, along with a nutritionist, but in a nutshell, 
Since glucose metabolism is a problem, such women need to reduce the carbohydrate intake and increase the protein intake. Exercise needs to be calorie burning and consistent. I am also currently in the process of making yet another podcast on what constitutes exercise and hopefully shall air that very soon as well. Meanwhile, in short, one needs to understand that there is no shortcut to this success. So take out those running shoes, fish out the skipping ropes, enroll in a Zumba class or practice Krav Maga and start sweating it out. And don't stop even if you manage to lose weight and don't stop even if you don't lose a gram. Consistency is the key. We need to just keep adding those layers. Exercise, then diet, then medical evaluation, nutritional supplements and finally disease modification and control with medicines. Himmat karne walon ki kabhi haar nahi hoti. Remember that. Regarding the medical part, I have already spoken about diagnosing thyroid and prolactin issues and correcting them. Vitamin D levels need to be good, otherwise weight loss won't happen and neither will sugar levels normalize. Natural supplements like myo-inositol, d-chiro-inositol, chromium and zinc amongst others are useful in controlling the PCOS. They are available in the form of tablets to be consumed regularly and without any side effects. Beyond this, treatment needs to be specific and need-based. For someone who desires fertility, a bit of weight loss, prevention of miscarriage or control of blood sugars, metformin is a brilliant drug that is safe and effective. It is sold as an anti-diabetes medicine, but has, it has a certain beauty. It does not reduce the sugars in those who have normal sugars, but does that only in diabetics. It is not habit-forming and won't lead to you developing diabetes later in life. We can easily leave the drug once the desired effect has happened. There are specialized oral contraceptive pills available that cut down on the male hormone, thus regularizing periods, removing acne, making the skin less oily, helping weight contrary to popular belief and even making the periods more regular. Sometimes we use both metformin and oral contraceptives when the desired weight loss is not happening with one. For excess facial hair that is not controlled with oral contraceptives or if someone doesn't suit them, there are specific tablets that stop hair growth and help immensely. They might be combined with laser treatment to remove the existing hair. Lastly, this podcast can't be complete without busting one more myth and that is of the role of laparoscopy. For those of you who don't know, laparoscopy is the process of putting a telescope through the belly button into the tummy and operating from there. Since the outer surface of the ovary gets very thick in women with PCOS, it is thought that during laparoscopy, if we make multiple holes with the help of an electric current into the surface of the ovary, then the severity of the problem reduces and release of eggs, which wasn't happening earlier, starts to happen and the woman conceives easily. Each word of this is true, but only with certain riders. 1. The effect of drilling lasts only about 6 months, at the most. Thus understand that it can't cure the problem. 2. The act of drilling using electric current won't damage the ovary in women with PCOS, 
but in a woman who already has compromised ovarian reserve, the drilling can be disastrous. 3. As per guidelines, it must never be done for an unmarried girl or even a married woman who is not wanting fertility treatment as it doesn't have long-term benefits and may damage ovaries if done overzealously. And 4. It can be done if the woman has delayed periods, has elevated LH hormone levels and is either not willing to use injections to make the eggs or there is danger that using injections might cause her some harm or maybe that injections were used but they were ineffective. Thus, there are very few specific indications where this tool needs to be used. Even in these cases, there is a rule of four which is to be followed by us laparoscopic surgeons to ensure minimum damage. Thus, the pros and cons of this procedure must be clearly discussed with your doctor before you go ahead with it. No one said it's easy being a woman and I always maintain women are multitasking warriors who fight their own battles every day while maintaining a calm countenance on the outside and being there and being around for every person in her life and family. As a doctor, I can't promise we will remove the pain of PCOS from your system, but we can certainly lessen your load. For that, we need your cooperation and your faith. Lastly, a word to the men out there again. Trust me, every time I create a podcast dealing with an issue that women face, I realize how lucky we are to have such tough souls in our lives who suffer silently every day with one problem or another, yet always willing to put a smile on our faces. If you agree with me, maybe you could do something for that important woman in your life today or simply say a thank you and an I love you and I'm sure that will take their pain away and make their day. This brings me to the end of yet another podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. It's a, it's a long one as I said, but I would genuinely need your feedback to know if I have been able to address every single concern of yours and in the simplest of manner. If yes, then it's worth the effort and the length. If you get a chance to look up my website www.drrajivagarwal.co.in and the associated blog. I also have a YouTube channel in my name. Do email me on fertilitywithoutborders at gmail.com if you have any queries. This podcast is available on Apple and Google Podcast as well as Spotify. Do subscribe and leave your comments and suggestions for any future topics on the Apple Podcast app. That's the only way we can make this better. Looking forward to great interactions. Keep listening.